Today starts one of the most special weeks at Good News over the year that uh, we have two Sundays focused on global outreach. If you have a study on page 39, it says that the title of today's message is Disciple Making Around the World. And the point is that Jesus invites us to make disciples around the world. So today we're going to focus out, out beyond us around the world, and we'll do that over this week. And if you move a little bit farther back in here, um, in our study, it lists the different guest speakers we're going to have next weekend. They're really, really uh, a big deal, and, and their bios are in there. I really encourage you to read that. And then there's a schedule. We're having some workshops on Friday morning at our World Golf Village campus and Saturday morning. There will be a dinner on this campus on uh, Saturday evening. We'll have uh, these different speakers on Sunday morning. The schedule's in here. It is an amazing opportunity we have. encourage you to take advantage of them. And uh, you can register for the dinner on your Connect card. But right in front of this, about the global outreach, there's a, the, the disciple-making adventure for this week says that we are now one month out from Easter and that Easter is a huge chair one event and an opportunity for you to invite unreached family and friends. And we want to partner with you to see your family and friends reach for Christ. So we would encourage you to begin to pray about who you're going to invite. If you have ideas of what you think would be helpful in that service on Easter to to reach your family and friends, you could put that on your Connect card. Love to have your input as we work together on Easter to have a a very big Chair One event. Today we're focusing in on uh, how Jesus invites us to make disciples around the world, and so we're going to start with an interview. I'm going to ask Dave if Dave would come up here. There he is, sneaked up on the backside here. Oh, let me get my questions here. While you're getting your questions, can, can I just take a moment? I'm going to do it. So, can, Who gave you a microphone? I am blown away. When I got here 13 years ago, I'm in my 13th year, Viv Helwig was in a college small group that I visited at Kevin Cusart's house. And all these years later, he's still here. And he stepped up to be a part of leading a small group? That's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and, and there's a small group leader in here who over the last decade has invested hour after hour after hour with Chris and Addie Canelli. And he and his wife have loved them and prayed for them. And Chris has joined the church, and he's leading a small group. You guys have no idea how amazing that is. Thank you so much for loving them. Okay, I'm done. Uh, while we're drifting, are you like going Episcopalian yeah. on so, us or something? Yeah. Um, I have the. I left the oil at my seat. I was going to help you with that, but. So this is the tribal colors of the tribe that Ken Tombing, our movement leader in India, is a part of. And so um, they wear these. The men will wear these on special occasions, and the women will wear something similar as a wrap. Um, And they always use the colors of their particular tribe um, to celebrate their unique heritage. And so they, they gave me this as a gift. I don't know if you know this. I'm not Indian. 
I stood out like a sore thumb, 6'3", white guy with blonde hair, um, but they were kind enough to give this to me, and so I thought, this may be the only time I'll ever wear it, so here I am. Thank you. So we're focusing in on global outreach, and Dave recently came back from India. So what is the movement leader we're connected to in India, and what does he do? So Ken Tombing is the movement leader for India. And many, many years ago, Ken was brought over to the United States. He studied at Covenant Theological Seminary, and he's there in the front row between Mitch and I. Uh, and Ken, since he's gone back to India, has been investing in making disciples. And so these are some of his disciples, people he's reached with the gospel. Several of them are leaders of presbyteries in India. They uh, lead regional groupings of churches uh, to reach their communities. Um, another gentleman on, uh, in this picture is the um, evangelism and church planting coordinator for the Presbyterian Church in India. Ken has equipped him and then given him that responsibility. There's another uh, man on this front row to the far left. He writes all the curriculum for the churches, uh, Sunday school and adult small group curriculum, and um, Ken's equipped him to do that. And then on the right next to me is the president of their seminary, uh, the Reformed Theological Seminary or the Rayburn Theological Seminary in uh, India. And Ken has uh, enabled him to go and study overseas and then come back and be president of the seminary. So Ken's multiplying himself in the lives of these leaders. And he, he's really, really amazing. So Dave, tell us about the church dedication you were a part of. Okay, so while we were there, the, the Thank All um, Presbyterian Church was dedicated. Now there's about 7,000 people groups who have not been reached with the gospel around the world. 7,000 unique ethnic groupings have no witness for Jesus in their midst. And there's 2,500 of those in India. So, so almost half uh, or a third of the unreached people groups in the world are in India, the nation of India. Get this. Because of your giving, there's one less. Because this church is at the very top of a mountain uh, outside of Lamka in India, and it's populated by a unique people group that has now been reached by this church, the Thank All Presbyterian Church. That's amazing. And here's another really cool thing. He wouldn't maybe want me to tell you this, but Mitch uh, Hines is pictured uh, here, and he's about to cut the ribbon and, and open the doors of the church. But Mitch's family uh, saved and saved, and his son got an extra job and saved and saved, and they were able to fund this particular church plant. Uh, and, and then Mitch was able to go and be a part of the dedication. That is pretty neat. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's worth clapping on there. So what impact does Good News Church having in India? Okay, so over the past uh, years, since um, 2005, when we shifted our focus to planting churches, we've been able to partner with the Presbyterian Church in India and Ken Tombing to plant 19 
unique churches throughout India. And that many of those churches were planted because families like the Hines invested their own resources above and beyond the tithe to plant a church. In India, for around $10,000, you can invest um, in planting a church in India. And we've done that 19 times, some through individual families. And listen, Ken knows the names of all the families who have given unique gifts to plant churches. In fact, as I was traveling around visiting churches, he would say, oh, th this one here was planted by so-and-so. When you go back, will you say thank you to them for me? And um, so 19 churches uh, planted through your support throughout India. So what's the vision for the future in Manipur State? They have a great vision. Um, and Ken, in a minute, we're gonna show a video. Um, and one of the things I have in my hands right here, <laughs> I have a proposal for, for us to be invited to plant a 20th church. But this church is not far from where Ken is in Lanka, Manipur State, but it's across the border into Myanmar. And so they're seeking God's help in planting a church in Myanmar. They have the core group. They have the pastor. They, they're just asking for us to partner with them in funding that particular project. And so th that's part of their vision. And then at the top it says, Kakai Kwandeng, Keka Kwandeng, I will go. And so every week when they gather together, their people look up on this banner and they see Keka Kwandeng. And they pray, God, how, how do you want me to go? How do you want me to serve? And oh, that that, that same heart would, would jump into our hearts. And we would say, I will go. I will go. Where? Well, Ken's going to tell you where they're seeking to go. And, and hey, thanks for, thanks for letting me go to India. Lifelong dream realized through this trip. Thank you so much for your investment. Thank you. Hello, good news. Uh, I'm Ken Tombing. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Jesus Christ from India. Uh, thank you for sending these two wonderful men, Dave and Mitch, to us to see what God has done here through you. It's amazing. We had a wonderful time. But I want to challenge you again, um, good news, to join with us in partnership in planting churches. Right now, we have in our mind to plant uh, 30 churches every 10 kilometer between Lucknow and uh, New Delhi, which is thickly populated by Hindus. I think it's 99.5% Hindus and no Christian at all. Uh, in a few days, I'll go there and start a presbytery center there. That's where we will begin to witness. Please join with us in expanding God's kingdom and taking the gospel and forwarding the gospel to these places. We also have in mind to focus our attention to Assam. Assam probably is the world's most populated uh, people group uh, country. It's uh, right now we have two missionaries working there and uh, we are thinking of planting churches there again. So we need your cooperation, uh, partnership, your prayer. Please join with us again with our Assam mission that is in India. And also join with us again uh, our 
attempt to reach Myanmar. We live uh, about 70 miles away from Myanmar, and we believe that God has put us in a very strategic place so that we might reach Myanmar with the gospel. Please join us again so that we can plant many churches in Myanmar. Uh, Myanmar is basically a Buddhist country, so we need a lot of prayers, support, and helps, and partnership with you. Also, we are wanting to focus our attention again, over and over again, in the valley of Manipur. Manipur uh, has uh, a population, a Hindu population, of about uh, 1.5 million here right next door. So we want to continue to reach them. We have been reaching them, we have been planting churches, but there's a, a great need. Out of 1.5 million, there are about, there are about 30 uh, believers, sorry, 30,000 believers there. So the harvest is ripen, the harvest is ready, and we need more laborers. We need your prayer, we covet your support and prayer. Thank you very much for partnering with us for so many years. And we look forward to partnering with you in the future, in forwarding the gospel around the world. I love Jesus. Do you? Um, a lot of us have been doing the study, and this week we were reading through 2 Corinthians together, and those of you who finished it, way to go. You've read another book in the Bible, way to go. And, and on Monday I was reading 2 Corinthians 9.15, and it said, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I was recently reading a man, and he said, the, for him, the good news sometimes becomes old news. Does that ever happen to you? That the good news becomes old news, and you don't appreciate that when we believe in Jesus, we've been given an indescribable gift. And so I was giving thanks that when we believe in Jesus and we get eternal life, we're forgiven of all of our sins. Is that wonderful? You guys there? Is that wonderful? Isn't it great to go to bed at night knowing you're forgiven? And I said, Lord, thank you. Not only are we forgiven, but we're given your righteousness, so we're beautiful to God. Isn't that great? Isn't it? Are you guys there? Yes. And you know what? Not only that, but we've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been given the Holy Spirit to live new lives. Isn't that great? Yes. Thank you. You're starting to wake up. And, <laughs> and I was realized, listen, we're given a new family. Isn't it great to have a place of belonging, isn't it? Yes, and not only that, but we're given an identity. We're Christians. We're believers. We're disciples. Isn't it great to know who you are, isn't it? Yes, and not only that, but he's given us a purpose. I was wasting my life. Were you? And then I met Jesus, and he's given us a purpose. And so this year, we've been learning that Jesus invites us on a disciple-making adventure. He invites us not to waste our lives, but to join him in an amazing adventure. And this week, we're really focusing in on how Jesus invites us to make disciples around the world. That adventure is not only here locally, but it goes to the very ends of the earth. Are you kidding me? We get to do this together? If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, and um, it's a passage familiar to many of you. 
Uh, we're going to look at the Great Commission. It's how we started this year. Now, please remember this, okay? I, I read all these people, and they go and they poll people who go to churches, and people in churches don't know what the Great Commission is. So I want you to know this. The Great Commission is go and make disciples of all the nations, so don't embarrass me, okay? But far more important than not embarrassing me is that you know what his last command was because his last command should be our first concern. So Jesus had died on the cross. He didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day. Hallelujah. He appears to his disciples over a period of 40 days. We pick up the story in verse 16. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. He told them, go and meet me on this mountain. And they went and Jesus met them. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some were doubtful. Jesus is alive. Some worshiped. Some were doubtful. Um, now I want you to notice first that some worshiped. If you read the Bible, you'll find that whenever someone tries to worship an angel or a person, the person always says what? Get up. Get up. Don't worship me. I'm just a creature like you. But notice when they worship Jesus, Jesus accepted worship because Jesus is God in the flesh. Some worshiped and some were doubtful. And we're saying, how could they doubt? He's standing right there. But sometimes there are things in life that are so amazing that they're just hard to believe even when you see it. And, and besides that, they hadn't, they hadn't seen people rise from the dead before. So some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, and here's the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, uh, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples until the world is one. And never forget, never forget, I'm with you, I'm with you. But what we're going to focus on particularly today is, is the of all the nations, make disciples of all the nations. And I want you to understand that the Great Commission begins and ends with evangelism. The Great Commission begins with evangelism and, and it ends with evangelism. And, and you say why? It's because every person on earth has the same need. Everyone needs Jesus. That's what unites all of humanity together. The one thing that every person on earth needs is everyone needs Jesus. And the reason we all need Jesus is we share a common problem called sin. The bad news of the gospel is we all have a problem called sin. And to make sure we understand how universal this is, in Isaiah 53, um, I want to show you this verse. Look how it starts. All of us like sheep have gone astray. How many? And all kind of gives the idea what? Of all, everybody around the world, right? But we might think, you know, well, that's all, but it doesn't include me. So he goes from that, he goes from that to what? Each of us has turned to his own way. So he goes both all of us and each of us. Now notice what it says sin is. Sin is going astray. It's pushing God away. All of us have gone astray. Pushing God away. No, we'll do life our way. And so we sin against God in thought and word and deed. Each of us has turned to his own way. No. 
And so we commit sin or crime after crime against God, universally true, all of us, each of us, and the God we've sinned against is just, who can't just wink at sin and say, it doesn't matter. No, no, God is just, and he says what we deserve for what we have done, the wages of sin is death, what we deserve is not just physical death when our bodies, when our bodies and spirits are separated, but what we deserve is eternal death, separation from God and from all good things forever. Well, Smiley, what do we do? What do we do if we all have this problem? Here's the good news. You see, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord, you see, God intervened, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. God the Son came to take care of our sin problem. Jesus is unique that Jesus is fully God and fully man in one person. Jesus came into the world in a unique way. He was born of a virgin. So though he is fully human, he didn't receive a sinful nature like we do. Fully God, fully man, fully human, but he didn't have a sinful nature. So he was able to do for us what we can't do, live a perfect life for us. Listen, he was tempted. It wasn't easy. He was tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. So what happened on the cross was all of our rebellion against God, all our iniquities, all of our sins were placed on the one who had never sinned. He became our substitute, died in our place, really did die, was buried. But on the third day, he rose from the grave. And listen, death is the penalty for sin. And since Jesus had paid in full the penalty for sin, death couldn't hold him anymore. And he walks out and he offers us the greatest gift ever given, which is the gift of eternal life. Forgiveness for our sins, the righteousness of Christ, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the opportunity to do life with and for Jesus and to do eternity with and for Jesus. Because people are forever. We'll either do life and eternity with him and for him, or we'll do life and eternity apart from him and against him. How can we do life and eternity with Jesus? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you believed? Have you confessed? Believing in Christ, confessing him as Lord is as simple as ABC. We admit and believe and commit. There was a day in my life where I admitted to Jesus, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And if you haven't, won't you do that today? And then I believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. Isn't that what it says, that if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved? Have you believed? And then there was a day that I trusted Jesus, committed to him as Savior and Lord. Jesus, forgive me. Give me eternal life. There was a day I confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I said, Jesus, today I want you to take over, and I want you to lead. From now on, you lead and I follow. And listen, I'm so glad I didn't. And, and if you haven't, won't you admit, believe, commit? See, evangelism, or the Great Commission begins with evangelism. We hear the gospel and we believe, and it ends with it because when we come to faith in Jesus, he gives us a purpose. Go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples until the world is one. Go and share with others what you now know. And I want you to understand something, that making disciples who make disciples who make disciples is a team effort. It's why we need a church. And... <clears throat> 
In particular, if we're going to make disciples of all the nations, it's not something we do alone. But if we come together in a church and we do it together, we can make a difference not only here, but around the world. So let's first somewhat define our mission. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations. So I'm going to give you a little geography quiz. Nothing like having a test on Sunday, right? So here's my geography question for you. How many nations, and I hope you're smarter than the 9 o'clock crowd, how many nations are there in the world? I mean, if that's our mission, how many are there? A, 26, B, 3, 21, C, 195. How many? C. You confident with that? You are correct. There's 195 nations. So that's the mission defined. There's 195 nations to be reached. All right. Uh, now, here's another one. And that is why we're dealing with geography. Uh, where does the USA rank in world population? A, you think we're first. B, you think we're third. C, you think we're 35th. What do you think? We have a C. You confident? We got a B. Are you confident? Is that your final answer? You're correct. Um, we are third. Now, this is really, really interesting. When you look at world population, let's look at the largest country in the world by population is China that has 1.42 billion people. And then the next largest by population is India that has 1.37 billion. The U.S. is the third largest country in the world by population with 330 million. Now, a lot of people would not have selected Indonesia, but in Indonesia uh, has, is the fourth largest with 270 million people. And Brazil is the fifth largest country that has 212 million people. And as I looked at that, one of the things that I want to encourage you with, of the five largest nations in the world by population, good news has helped to plant churches in four of those five countries. In four of those five countries, there are churches that we've helped to plant. So you have 195 nations, and, and, and we're a church. So, so where do we start with that? So I really want to share with you our focus, what our focus is. And our focus in, in making disciples around the world is we want to partner with movement leaders to plant gospel-preaching, national-led, self-supporting, multiplying churches. 13% of all the money that's given here at Good News goes to our global outreach team. 90% of that goes to church planting. We have a global outreach coordinator, Travis Stevens. He is preaching this morning at our World Golf Village campus. And then he has a selection team that works with him to look at proposals from all over the world, opportunities to plant churches, and what we use to select the ones that we choose are we partner with movement leaders to plant gospel-preaching, national-led, self-supporting, multiplying churches. So let's walk through that a little bit, gospel-preaching. The churches that we partner with have an evangelist, they have an outreach heart, they have an evangelistic heart, they preach the bad news and the good news and plead with people to come to faith in Christ. We plant gospel preaching churches that are national led. We partner with local pastors because they know the language, they know the culture, and they're more effective than people are from the outside. 
And not only that, but if the government changes hands, if things change politically, they don't have to leave like missionaries often do because they're citizens. So we work with national people, national-led, self-supporting. We plant churches that typically become financially self-supporting within three years. That way, we can then take our funds and invest in more churches and more churches because they become self-supporting. And lastly, we, we work with, we plant churches that are multiplying churches. That is, they want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. They want to plant new churches to plant new churches until the world is one. So, who then are the movement leaders that we work with? Uh, the movement leaders that we work with, in Greece, we work with Yodas, uh, planting churches in Greece. In Malta, we work with Edwin, and Edwin helps to plant churches throughout North Africa. In Brazil, we work with Ricardo and Leonardo, who likes to be called Leo from Rio. <laughs> and then we, in India, we work with Ken. With Mexico, we work with Jorge. And in Italy, we work with Leonardo or Leo uh, the Leo from Rome. Now, I want you to see up there that Jorge and Leo, Leonardo, they'll be here next week. You don't want to miss them. These, these movement leaders, it's not like we're the people who have it together and we're helping them. They're amazing. And they allow us as a church to partner with them at planting churches in these different nations. So let's just focus for a moment on Greece. Uh, we have a little chart that shows, you see Yodis at the top, he is the, our movement leader who heads up the Polis Church Planting Network. We partnered with him five years ago to start a church called Exarchia through Alex. See Alex underneath him? So through Yodis, we helped to plant Exarchia, uh, whom Noah and Aaron Bailey talked about recently when they returned. We have also partnered to start Kipsile, Neos Cosmos, and the Iranian Church in Athens, Greece, as you can see on this graphic, Alex's church is now starting other churches. This is the magic moment that we've been talking about in the disciple-making movement where we're bearing much fruit, where we are planting churches that are beginning to plant churches. Matter of fact, to have that idea in Greece, uh, what their vision is they want to give birth to pregnant churches. Don't you like that idea? that they plant churches that from the beginning have the idea that we're going to go and plant other churches. So that's who we work with in Greece. In Brazil, in Brazil we work with Ricardo. He plants churches in the Sao Paulo area, and then we work with Leo in the Rio area. And uh, so Leo is going to share with us a little bit about what's happening there. Hello, dear friends from Good News uh, Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Leo from Rio, the senior pastor at Gavia Presbyterian Church. As you know, we have a great partnership here in Brazil, especially in Rio de Janeiro. So our church uh, has done uh, great things in this uh, specific ministry, uh, church planting in Brazil. Uh, we have uh, 16 daughter churches and Raizes is our daughter church. As you know, we had a great partnership in this project and Pastor Philippe was uh, the planter in this project and I would like to introduce <laughs> uh, Pastor Philippe and 
God bless our partnership. We are so happy to work together. And uh, during all this, through the process of planning the church in Rio de Janeiro, uh, Leo has been a mentor to me, and Gavia's vision uh, has been multiplying in many ways, but one of the ways is to plant Haizis Church, and we've been particularized since June uh, last year, but we don't want this movement to end in our church. We're already uh, supporting two missionaries and uh, our first church in Rio de Janeiro. So the movement keeps on going, keeps on multiplying as we partner with each other in the vision and in uh, the resources. And one of the guys from our church is going to seminary, and that's Luciano Lima. And he's already been uh, uh, with this vision of planning churches in the near future. Luciano. Yeah, so it's interesting that uh, when I remember my first match with Felipe, he told me, nice to meet you, my name is Felipe. Uh, you go to the seminary next year and let's plan churches. I have never uh, heard uh, this expression yet, so after it, it changes a lot of things in my heart. I pass it to have a, a heart for missions, for planting churches and preaching the gospel to everyone and making disciples around the world. Thank you, Felipe, to inspire me. Okay. So that was really cool. Last June, Travis and then David Christopher and I got to be in Leo's church, and then we got to be there when Felipe's church was particularized. What an amazing thing. And then while we were there, we met Luciano. The reason his English is so good. Remember, he spent the month of January with us, uh, and, and we might have an opportunity to, uh, to help him plant a church. So here's how it's happened in Brazil. We've helped to plant 25 churches in Brazil since 2005. Leo, through Gavia Church, helped start Haise's Church, that's with Felipe, and now Felipe's Church is beginning to dream about the next church to plant, and maybe it will be our friend and intern, Luciano. So that's who we work with in Brazil. In India, uh, it's Ken that we work with. He's amazing in what he's doing, and we get to partner with him, and through him we've helped to plant Dave says 19, 19 or 20 churches that we've been able to do in India. Just to give you a little um, background on that, since we started church planting in 2005, uh, we've helped to plant 80 international churches. Uh, we've helped to plant churches in 20 different countries uh, in 16 churches throughout the state of Florida. So a total of 96 churches started and over $2.7 million invested in it. Isn't, thank you guys for what you've given that have enabled us to do that. Now with the next slide, that what happens, the giving from 2018, we took 13% of all that money and we set it aside to invest in church plants this year. So the number, it says 2019, you, you might see 2018 in other places because the money came from last year's budget, but it's being handed out this year. So because of our giving last year, we are planting churches this year in, in, in Athens and in Algeria, in Coral Springs, in, in Mexico, and then uh, one, two, three, four churches in Brazil, Italy, in Belarus, and we're going to have a chance to hear about that on Friday in Belarus and also another church in India. And one of the churches that we've helped to plant, the one in Coral Springs, Travis had a little interview with Gavin a few weeks ago, and this was March the 10th, they had their first service. Gavin is the pastor in the top left in the middle, 
And New Springs Church started the first Sunday, or on March the 10th, they had their first service, and they're meeting in an elementary school, and we get to be a part of that. Uh, thank you guys so much for what you do. <clears throat> Man, just seeing that, I know I've planted two churches, and it brings back all kind of memories of meeting someplace and setting up folding chairs. Uh, so, <clears throat> Jesus invites us on a... Uh, Jesus invites us to make disciples around the world, and, and that's how Good News is doing it. We're focusing in on working with movement leaders to plant uh, gospel preaching, national-led, um, multiplying uh, churches, self-supporting self churches, and thank you for partnering with us. So then that brings us to the action step for this week. What we want you to do is for you to pray, to give, to go, or do all three. Starting with prayer, that's something that all of us can do. If you go on our website, if you go on our website and you go to Global Outreach, you will see listed at the bottom of the page all the different churches we have planted by years. And uh, you can pray for them. Or if you'd like, this is my sweet little piece up here. It's, uh, it's what I used to pray. The cover sheet has some good verses that you could pray for our Global Outreach, uh, for our church planters. And then what it has, it lists all the churches by country, by country that we've helped to plant. And then the next page lists by year. And I take Thursdays, and every Thursday I pray around the world. Uh, I pray for all of our church planters. I invite our other staff members to come. And in 15 minutes, we pray around the world. These are up in the front. You can come and get one if you'd like. The first service, they came and picked up a lot. And it really excites me to think of you being involved through praying. Second way that you can help us is, or not help us, that you can make disciples around the world is you can give, that 13% of all the money given here goes to uh, global outreach, and uh, that's what enables us to plant churches around the world. And in addition to the 13%, many of you have given beyond that in designated uh, giving, uh, so that last year we were able to plant three additional churches through the $70,000 that was given above the tithe to help us plant churches. And thank you for doing that. And let me thank you so much just for giving that I got an email this week from Felipe at Jaisa's Church in Rio. When we were there, they were meeting in a hotel and they found out with two weeks notice the hotel was closing and they had to find a new place to meet. Uh, so, so you can play, pray for Felipe. He's got a rather large congregation looking for a place to meet. And, and thank you for giving. It's so nice that we own our facility here and aren't be able to be told in two weeks you need to find uh, another place to meet. So you can, you can pray and you can give and you can go. There are 16 churches we've helped to plant in Florida, and they're listed in my prayer sheet. If you're vacationing or in one of these towns, why not go and visit one of the churches and say, hey, we helped to get this church started. Um, many of you travel, and man, if you're in uh, Durango, or you're in Satillo, or you're in Buenos Aires, or you're in Sao Paulo, you're in Rio, you're in Athens, or Malta, or Rome, or Barcelona, or Lisbon, or Brussels, you can stop in and see one of the churches that we've helped to plant you would be an encouragement to them, and I believe that they would be an amazing encouragement to you. 
Because one day, very soon, all of us are going to be in heaven or heaven is going to come to earth. And we're going to be surrounded by people from all over the world. And they're going to thank us. They're going to thank us and say, thank you. Thank you. Because you gave, the gospel came to me. Thank you. And that's why I'm so thankful to know Jesus, aren't you? I mean, I love Jesus. I was wasting my life. I was wasting my life. And Jesus has given me. He's given us an opportunity to make disciples around the world. I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe we get to do this. Listen, let's do this together. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad you came into the world to save sinners like me and like us. Thank you for living that perfect death life. Thank you for dying in our place. Thank you for rising and offering us an indescribable gift of eternal life with you. And listen, if you've never believed, you've never confessed with your lips that Jesus is Lord, won't you do so today? Won't you admit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And, and won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit, Jesus, come in and, and be my Savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. From this day forward, as you give me strength, I will follow you all the days of my life. If you've prayed that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you or tell someone. It'll make Jesus more real to you. And Lord, for those of us who've received you, thank you for inviting us to be involved in making disciples around the world. Lord, help us to pray. Lord, help us to give. Lord, help us to go. For we pray in Jesus. And, and Lord, while I'm praying, I, I, we do stop and pray for Felipe. We, we thank you for blessing this church and putting them in Rio and, and gathering people. And Lord, we pray you would open up a place. Open a place for Hyasis to meet. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.